Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Well, you guys, welcome to another episode of Box Talk. I am here with Andy. Andy, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Andy Petronic. I was the founder, I guess I am the founder of CrossFit Los Angeles. I was the owner of CrossFit Los Angeles yeah, up like, to about a year and a half ago. You still founded that bad boy. That is still I still founded it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, you can't ever be a f- former founder, right? So you're, that's present yeah, tense. I don't, I don't think you can, I don't think they can take that away from you. <laughs> I don't think they can. Like, <laughs> how would try. they do that? You know, you'd be like, no, know. you never founded know. it. We're just, you're no longer the that. founder. Sorry. We're erasing <laughs> you from history. Yeah. <laughs> They took my picture down, and then oh. they put they quickly put it back up. Oh, no, good. no, I I have a great relationship with Kenny and the coaches, and it was kind of a joke. Like I was gonna say, I like, think Kenny was probably just messing with you. <laughs> totally, totally. It was very, it was very funny. Yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, I'm front and center on that on the list of coach, uh, you know, on the board. Yeah, but, they, they kept no, so, up um, top there. It's pretty great. Yeah, they they have them up the stairwell, so there there's a kind of an ascending ladder. Now nobody really knows who I am because I only coach two classes a week. Um, and but you founded I'm at the top it, of the, so they know they know you're I important right. just because your title right. that they will never take away. Right, so, right. There you go. There you go. But what do you do now? What what I mean, you founded it, but you don't own it anymore. Yeah. So are you yeah, jobless, so homeless? I'm I'm not. Fortunately, I'm not jobless or homeless. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> That's really great news. Um, uh, in 2011, uh, we were we were searching for ways to improve the quality of the coaching we were we were giving. We, you know, for me, the motherload of coaching is always to influence somebody's behavior outside of the gym, is to to give them purpose and meaning and and reasons. Well, not just purpose, meaning, and reasons, but but something to do that allows them to actually make changes to to make a healthier um, healthier lifestyle. And that for me was a motherload. Like they could do whatever they wanted at the gym. But if I could influence their, the choices they made outside the gym, that was that you know that's really what I was all about all about doing. And uh, Michael Stanwick, who was my head coach at the time, sat and I sat down to, to try to kind of work on that and what what could we do to enhance it. And we we came up with this this thing we called we'd been doing challenges for a long time, but we came up with this thing called the Whole Life Challenge, and um, it has kind of had a life of its own. It, um, we started off with about 150 players just for CrossFit LA, and now we will have over 20,000 players in the January challenge that's launching on 20, January 21st, and we do three of them a year. So we're doing you know 60,000, not different people, but 60,000 people um, a year at this point with going through the whole life challenge. So, wow. and it's and it's and it's doing exactly what we intended it to do. It's it's helping. It's giving people a framework and a structure. Uh, around which to make small daily um, changes in their lifestyle and their habits around their health and well-being. Yeah. Woo. Crazy. So before we get into that, I know all affiliates are very interested in hearing about that, but I kind of want to back up. I want to back up the story a bit and just hear about how you even found CrossFit because that's that's kind of where it all started. I mean, yeah. you know, yep. evolution happened and change happened and then you now now you're at the whole life challenge, but how did you even get into this industry to begin with? Like what happened? Yeah, it's a good question. I was um uh, first of all I was a marine. So, out of college, um I, I didn't I had nothing to do basically with well, I was a geology major in college. <laughs> Which is kind of bizarre. No, that that and rock that really rocks. It does. That rocks. It mm-hmm. Totally rocks. <laughs> Puns. They're my there thing. A lot of rock jokes. I threw that one there in there. Of, I'm sure there, there were. A lot of rock jokes. <laughs> um, 
And before that, I was a trumpet player. I was a classically trained trumpet player. I played for 18 years. I went to the Eastman School of Music, like super major trumpet player. Basically did no athletics, no sports until college. I remember training for uh, the first physical fitness test. Uh, It was a Navy physical fitness test and mapping out my development with three mile run routes and like distances and, and three miles was super long. Anyway, that's a whole, that's a lifetime ago. But, um, I, uh, in 2004, I had been a trainer. I, I, I had been a adventure racer after the Marine Corps. I got a, a job as a sales rep for a big company and I found my way kind of fell into doing something called the eco challenge which is a 500 mile adventure race you do with a team and Gosh. um it's, you don't it's a fall nutty. into doing that you you willingly choose because it, that it, is it found horrible. me it found me and i was like <laughs> i'm in i'm so in i want to do that oh you're and sick and twisted that's fine I, it's funny it's um you know mark burnett is the guy that founded survivor but his first thing ever was the eco challenge oh, he no created way. the eco challenge and so I remember I actually drove to his office in Burbank when I found out about the race. There were like spots for three teams left. It was a $10,000 entry fee and I wrote a check. Oh my gosh. Not knowing how I was going to get the money back because I didn't have the money. I mean, I had the money in the bank account, fortunately, but yeah, I wasn't running a bad check. But I'm like, I don't have 10000 bucks to not get back. Yeah. And um, I didn't know what the race was really other than it looked awesome and really, really fun. And I built a team and um, we didn't do so well. We didn't finish. Me and one other teammate finished the whole course. The three other team teammates fell apart. Oh, but I, it was the start of this whole another part of my life where I became a, an athlete, an endurance athlete. I eventually found my way into short distance races, which were like three hours. Got sponsored by Red Bull. I'm sorry. And, I just like the word short. Like yeah, I know. Funny. It's crazy. Put like now I think short that. is three hours. Short is not three hours. <laughs> no. That was like, I'm like five minutes. Bench. Five minutes is right. short. Right. Totally. And um, uh, that was like a seven or eight year period. Uh, it took me up right to before I found CrossFit. And I was at the time I was also training people in the gym because people looked at me and they're like, well, how'd you get in the shape you're in? And you know, I'm like, well, you want me to show you how? And, and I started working with them, literally just friends. I w- started working wow. with my hairstylist. That was my first, you know, official client. Um, I remember oh. he also, I remember he fired me too after about six months oh. because I kept showing up late for training sessions and Ooh. I learned a valuable lesson. Um, <laughs> fortunately we're still friends, okay. but, uh, okay. but he, he was like, dude, I can't, yeah. he, he was very specific with his time and, you know, and I mean, I he probably set, he probably set you on a better path, though. I'm sure you did, know totally. you took that lesson with you all the way. So absolutely, you know, I, I it doesn't mean that I'm always on time now, but I do the best I can, and I understand the consequences of not being on time. Mm-hmm. So, um, so then in 2004, I was I was kind of on this path of becoming kind of a wellness expert. I was I was training with a guy named Paul Check at the Check Institute down in San Diego, and he was a he had a very advanced. Um, uh, practice around, um, corrective exercise. He had the check level check certifications. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool system, but it's very, very different than it's really, it's really down the wellness track rather than the, you know, fitness coach track. And I, I had thought up until discovering CrossFit that that's what I wanted to do. And then I don't know, I was looking for ways to put my, take my business online in 2004 
like how people were were training people online. It was this new thing. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled across CrossFit. And I remember very clearly not really understanding the website because there was an, I couldn't find the place where you paid for the program. Like where is the paid part? Um, and I remember stumbling through the website. Kept I kept looking. I kept going deeper. I kept reading more. I downloaded the What is Fitness article and that occupied me for at least an hour. And I was so like, like this is phenomenal. Like this is the greatest thing I ever read. And I felt like, you know, like the, like the, um, manifesto that Tom, not Tom Cruise, but Jerry Maguire from Jerry Maguire that he wrote, you know, like who's with me. Yeah. There are crickets, (laughs) but I I was like, yes, I'm with you. And then there were, you know, now there are no crickets, but back then there were crickets. There was nobody, nobody knew what CrossFit was. Yeah. And, um, fortunately I figured out what the wad was. Like I, I, it was, it was just very bizarre, you know, that I didn't have to pay for what they were offering. Hmm. And I also fortunately as I'm a, I'm kind of a quick start, um, early adopter and I'm willing to try things even if I don't know what they are, even if they look a little crazy. And, um, I just jumped in and I did my first workout and it just crushed me. I mean, it didn't crush me because I just wasn't able to do things, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it, it couldn't crush me the way a workout would crush me today because I had to spend so much time figuring out what the heck it was I was doing. But it <laughs> upset me that there were thing, there were so many things that I couldn't do. Uh, you know, there was a conversation on one of the message boards that was like, okay, there was the, there was the 30 pull-up. There was a goal of 30 pull-ups. And, then, and that was crazy. I thought, 30 pull-ups, Jesus. And then I saw there was another one that was 45 pull-ups. And I'm like – who are these people that can do 45 pull-ups? Like that is, that is nuts. And so I was very intrigued by that. And, um, I, I, I decided to put the, put to the test, the idea that CrossFit could replace my endurance training. So I quit all of my endurance stuff. I, I quit every, all the running I was doing. If I had to run with a client, I would run with them, but I stopped all that training and I went out and ran a 5k and all I did was CrossFit. All I did were the, followed the workouts. And it, you know, it was very odd because a lot of the time I was not training hard because I was working on technique. I, I, I didn't know how to do an overhead squat. I couldn't, you know, like a deadlift, a heavy deadlift for me at the time was like 135 pounds. Wow. So I wasn't getting any crazy good workouts. I was getting some. And, um, I went back and I ran that same 5K course three months later and I was two and a half minutes faster in my 5K time than I was when I started. And I'm like, oh my God, what is, what has happened? Yeah. Yeah. What has happened? And and I'm not, I'm, I'm doing, you know, a fraction of the training I was doing in terms of volume and I'm, and I'm still, you know, performing at these, you know, so, um, it, it, I, I immediately called, uh, CrossFit Santa Cruz. I got Lauren on the phone um, and said, Hey, I got, I want to come up and learn more. And I went up to the first cert. There were like, I think there were 12 people and like eight of them were their coaches, um, that were, that already lived there. Um, <laughs> that's so great. In that first one. And there were, the cert was three days long. It was just a cert. It was no, there was no, um, I didn't, I wasn't doing it to get something from it. I think I got a certificate or something. Um, and, uh, Coach Glassman taught the whole thing. I mean, that was one of the reasons I, I kept going back to Santa Cruz to do more more level ones. 
there weren't there was no such thing as level two at the time. And it was just so cool to be around him and listen to the his philosophies out of his mouth. You know, he was just it was he was just a one of those um the the way he puts things, the way he describes things, the way he teaches, it was just very unique and very um magnetic. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know how many level ones I did, probably six or seven or eight. Wow. And um the only way to do it was to go to Santa Cruz. So I got got to know those guys, you know, the early crew, Lauren and um Lauren and Greg, we'd go we'd go over to their house, we'd drink beers, we'd watch MMA fights, we'd um and then there was Nicole and Tony and and a- and Eva and Annie and uh, Greg and um, Greg Amundsen and uh, yeah, so I got to know those guys really well over the years, and um, that's how it all started. Oh my! And then I, I, I like six months later, I opened up the gym. I, I wasn't six even months? looking for a gym. Six months. Six later? months. Wow. Six months later, I went. I went back. I found a space, um, put down a deposit. I mean, kind of like I just started the eco challenge. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't, you know. I, just, <laughs> I, I was like, like it, I'm, Andy. I'm in. You, you were literally like all in or nothing. <laughs> like you were yeah, literally I'm like, I'm just doing it, and I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna do it. <laughs> That's kind of how I did, and, and I realized two years later that I really didn't know what I was doing, and um, I think you and most affiliates I had to get help. Yeah, yeah, I had to get help. <laughs> But that's but it's interesting because you know you started like that and and a lot of a lot of box owners start like that and yet CrossFit LA is still around today, which mm-hmm. I just find fascinating and seems something went right along the way. So right. why I mean why did you choose to open up a CrossFit gym? Like was it just the passion? Was it you know you wanted to share it with other people? What what was behind opening? Well, CrossFit yeah. So LA? back then there there was no one that CrossFitted. I didn't know what. CrossFit was going to become? Um, it's a really good question. It certainly wasn't because it was a business, a good business decision. Um, it, it so the system that that Coach created was so in alignment with the way I thought and the way I, you know, it was just a system that was built in a way that already captured my. In my internal concepts of what I thought fitness was and what I thought wellness was and why I was doing what I was doing already with my clients. And, and then this, this, the fact that it was systematized, the fact that it had these workouts already made and, it, and, and he, had a, he was able to communicate and show how to do this in groups. You know, I'd never really understood how to take a private training practice and convert it into a group model. And it, it, the example that I got just by going to Santa Cruz so many times and watching and listening and listening to see how they did it was just, it, it just became, oh, I can do this. This is, you know, I can, if I just follow the dotted line, basically I was just following along like, like, you know, when you watch the, the, the dot that goes with the lyrics to a song, it's kind of like that. Like, okay, here's how you do the wall ball and here's how, here's where you set up the, Here's how many rowers to get, and here's how much weight you need, and um, and it, it was it was really because it was so aligned internally with me that it worked. I think that it that not because 
suddenly I had clients because people basically avoided me, I think, because I was, it was nuts. <laughs> the workouts were nuts um, unless somebody was willing to give it a chance. And I also made a very interesting decision when I first opened that I was not going to allow anyone to do anything other than CrossFit in my box. And, you know, because I had personal training friends who were not at all CrossFit people and they all wanted to come and rent time on the gym floor. And I, I, I don't know, I had the strength. Some, I don't really know how I decided to do that, but I, you I were, said, look, you were all in. That's, I was all in. You were all, all in. in. Yeah. I mean, you were yeah. like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this all the way. That's... If somebody's going to come here, they're going to get an experience of what CrossFit is, mm-hmm. period. And, mm-hmm. and if you're not doing CrossFit, then you don't train here. That's fine. You know, you don't, you don't, I'm not going to make you do it. And uh, so I didn't have anybody else training there. <laughs> Nobody, because people thought it was fucking insane. I, I mean, I would do workouts around other my friends that were trainers, and they'd look at me like I had lost my mind. Um, and uh, I'm like, you guys don't know. <laughs> I felt like I had the secret sauce, and they were they were morons. You know, that was kind of what was going through my mind. Not morons, but they just they they didn't they didn't get the secret that I had. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. kind of like it was, I felt like it was kind of like a superpower. Like I had this super power inside of me that nobody else understood. And I was only willing to share it with people who were willing to walk in the door and lay down their preconceived notions of, of what training was, you know, and, um, that's what, that's what happened. Wow. So trumpet player, geologist, Marine, and then superhero. Those are all the titles. (laughs) That we've gone through over the past 20 no, minutes. No, I didn't say superhero. That was no, my no. Superpower. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just putting that on you because you used the superpower, super, right. superpower, superhero, kind of interchangeable. So it's fine. <laughs> I don't fly. I do not fly. Yeah, but you get people <laughs> fit, and that's what matters. So that's true. <laughs> because then they become superheroes too. So right, um, right. I personally believe that's the secret. The secret behind CrossFit is we're making real life superheroes. Right, right, cool, cool. So over time then, CrossFit LA grew into something, I would say, pretty incredible. And um, I think it was it 2011, things started to change and happen. And Mm -hmm. I kind of want to walk through that evolution of of the business as well as your life and your role and kind of go into the now. Yeah. Well, um, so my my business wasn't really a business. My business was a job when I first started. I, I, it was a, if I wasn't there, it didn't make money. So, you know, business typically doesn't need someone. You, you could say that a hairstylist owns their own business, but is it a business or is it a job? Because a, a, a business, the, the, the definition, my definition now of a business is a business that doesn't need your presence to operate. It's still bringing money in when you're not there. So if you own the hairstyle shop and it's bringing in money when you're not there, great. That's a business. If, if you're just running a personal training practice and it requires you to be there, it's, it's really, I mean, call it what you want. My, my definition now that I'm a real business owner is it's not a business. It's a job. You own a job. Cool. Well, I thought I owned a business and, um, but I was approaching it like a personal trainer and so I, I didn't really understand the dynamics of sales. I didn't understand the, there was a, there was a dogma inside of CrossFit of no contracts. It was a big selling point, you know, actually of, of CrossFit. And so I would bring people in the door. I would, 
have a great initial session with them. I'd book them down for, you know, 10 sessions and then they would say, thank you. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And on one hand, okay, great. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting my teeth. I'm, I'm learning how to do this and I'm educating people. On the other hand, it was killing my time and killing my business because I didn't have any way to capture those people. And I mean, I did have a way, but it, it wasn't working. <laughs> my, my, this idea w- w- wasn't um, working the way I, th- I wanted it to. And had you come and, from personal training where you did do contracts? Nope. Oh, you didn't nope. even do contracts then? Okay, so it was no, all just session I mean, I had, a, I had agreements with, with, um, with um, training clients. And I, was, and I had just started to do – I never called them contracts. I just called them agreements. And this is the training agreement. I would have somebody sign it. Here's what you, here's what you commit to doing. Here's what I commit to doing. Here's how we're going to show up. And like, so it was a very defined relationship. Okay. And I really wasn't doing that with, with CrossFit. Cause it was, it was like a group class and you could yeah. just show up when you want. So it's CrossFit, you know, whatever it's CrossFit. <laughs> and you know, I really believe that if you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. If you build it, they will come. And I found out like two years of run, of doing it this way, um, they would come, but, but I would lose a lot of them. And I was up to about 50 clients and I was, there was a kind of a revolving door. And, um, I, my, my, my wife was pregnant and she was having my son, my son, who's now nine. Um, and I just got really stressed out. I was like, you know what? I can't work 12 hour days, six days a week. Um, make, you know, peanuts really for what I'm doing, even though it's fun, um, and, and make my life work. So I've got to change something. And, and it just so happened that, uh, a guy, uh, his name's John Birch. He's uh, kind of a controversial guy in the CrossFit world. Um, you know, he's a, <laughs> he and I are friends. Um, we, we've had, I like how you falling, laugh. we've had, you laugh before you get into the story. It's great. <laughs> we've had multiple falling outs. Um, but John's that kind of a guy. He's a disruptor and he's a disruptor in every aspect of his life. Socially, he's a disruptor. Um, in business, he's a disruptor. Um, he, he, he forces you to think about the choices you're making and the way you're going about doing business. And he, and he has some very specific ideas about the way he thinks things should go and be. And he, he, he came in one day and he, he's like, man, he goes, I can tell. He, first of all, he loved my coaching. He loved, he, you know, he's very, um, he chose to come to CrossFit LA because of me, because of the, co- the coaching I was doing and the way I carried myself on the phone and, the, and then the way I would coach him in the gym. And he was very forthright in telling me so. He wasn't looking for anything. He had a job. He, you know, he was, he was a writer. He was a screenwriter. He was in sales. He wasn't looking for anything. But he goes, I can tell. He goes, you're the highest paid slave here. He's like, you are, you are chained to your desk. You are, you're not making the kind of money you want. And we sat down and we had a conversation and he, cause he had come from the martial arts world and, um, where he had owned, he had owned three or four gyms in Florida. And, um, we just started this conversation, this dialogue, and he wrote down on a yellow sheet of paper, I don't know, 30 or 40 things that, that are, that I wasn't doing. And he gave me the piece of paper and, uh, he goes, why don't you just think about it? And if you want my help, just, you know, give me a shout. And, um, wow. I called him the next day and said, dude, I, yes, I want your help. I'm like, I, I'm, I either get your help and pay you, 
pay you something. I can't, I can't afford a lot, but I can pay you something. Um, or I'm closing my doors. Like I, I can just like, this won't work for me internally. And, um, we started to, we had to, we had to do a lot of modifications from what his world was like, his, his martial arts world, because he worked with a lot of kids and it just wouldn't work in my way of thinking about what CrossFit was. But we, we started building out a system with contracts and with levels, leveled classes and, um, then different types of membership. So it wasn't all unlimited because I was going with a $150 model that was 150 bucks a month, uh, unlimited come as much as you want. And I had limited space. So that really doesn't work so well when you have limited space. And, um, I was a good student. I mean, I, I was just, I listened because I had to, I, I, I just was, I was desperate, you know, like if I hadn't been desperate and I hadn't been, I probably would not have been so willing to listen well, yeah, because expe- I didn't, especially if he I didn't called really you, like, like a lot. he called you a Hi, the highest paid slave, I probably wouldn't have wanted to listen to him either. So, right. but that makes right. sense. I mean, if you were desperate and you knew that it was either listen or close your doors, yeah, that was your decision. So, yeah, so, so it, it, it was the right thing at the right time, the right place, the right person. Um, and we developed the system. We developed, we called it the biz system. And, and we, it worked so well at CrossFit LA. My revenue jumped from, I think I was doing like 15 grand um, a year when I first met John 15 or 20 grand a year. And the next year I was at 30 and then I was at 45 or 50. And then I got to 60 and it was like, Holy crap, this works. This shit works. (laughs) Um, and you know, it's very systematized. Now part of my skill in that, and part of what I brought was my ability to systematize things. So I created these systems. John was the catalyst and had a lot of the foundational ideas for what to do, but I put them all into action. And, um, we created a, what was one of the best, sorry, sorry, what was one of the best systems you created? I'm curious. Well, contracts were a really big one. Contracts contracts. were because they just, you got to remember that a contract, if your context for contracts is the way 24 hour fitness or, or Bally's uses contracts, of course you hate contracts because they tie people to a, a financial agreement where the expectation is that they won't show up. I mean, that their, their, their whole built system is built around don't come because if you come, you'll sink the ship. We don't have enough room for all the members to come here. We want to, we want to get your money every month for the rest of your life and it's 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month, some, some low monthly number. We don't give a shit about your fitness. We just want to get your money every month. So if that's what you think when you think, the wor- think of the word contracts, of course you hate. Of course it's bullshit. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask anybody to sign a contract like that. The whole point of contracts was for the opposite reason, to get people to show up, to hold them accountable to showing up, to tell them, to give you leverage. You can, like a contract is just another way of getting leverage over someone. Like if you don't show up this month, guess what? You lose all the sessions that you had. Like it's not a by session thing. It's a monthly, it's a monthly thing. So you pay 250 bucks a month. You can come three times a week and you, you can't come more than three times a week. So you can't save all your sessions for the last week and try to get them all in. Can't save all your classes for the last 20 week. sessions, <laughs> right? 20 in a row. Oh my okay, gosh. Here we go. And I'm going to do two a days. Hardcore. <laughs> and you, and you lose them. 
if you don't use them at the end of the month. And that's not because I'm a dick and it's not because I don't want people to show up. It's because I want to help them change their life in ways that are meaningful. And that means showing up. Um, even when you don't feel like it, even when it gets busy at work, because the, the, the things that when you don't feel like it and when it gets busy at work, guess what? That's normal life. And that's why you're, that's why you're out of shape now because you let those things get in your way. So, um, that was probably the, that and, and, um, the, um, creating the system where there was more than just an unlimited class. It was once a week, twice a week, three times a week or unlimited. That, those were probably two of the biggest changes. But, but, but then I, you know, I created systems all around. We created the baseline workout, which was the workout that's used. I don't know how many people use that workout that don't know that it came from CrossFit LA, but, um, now they know, now they know (laughs) if they're listening. Yep. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a one time through for time. It's a 500 meter row, 40 squats, 30 pushups, 20, wait, 500 meter row, 40 squats, 30 sit-ups, 20 pushups, 10 pull-ups. I think that's it. It seems so simple. It it is simple. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's fast, but it's, it's a great introduction for somebody that doesn't know what CrossFit is. Then we implemented the intro. There was no such thing as a professional intro. Um, we created that, um, a lot of the things that are that people take for granted now, they, they just didn't exist. You know, like there was no model, there was no template. Um, you know, Coach Glassman was a an anomaly. I think, you know, he he as a personal trainer and the relationships he built, and then the the system that he created is fantastic. But without business systems, I mean, look, I I remember having conversations with with Lauren many years after. And she's like, we didn't know what we were doing running a gym. We, you know, in spite of what you might hear from, I don't know what really what coach talks about now around running across at Santa Cruz, but you know, his, I think his strength is really in being a visionary and, and, and leading this, this thing of like, if you build it, they will come. And the, and the idea that the ideas behind the, the, the fundamentals and principles about CrossFit, not in, not in the specifics of running a gym, a, a concrete gym with bricks and mortar and, and parking spots and times. And that, that's in my opinion. That's not, that was never his strength. And, um, so we were making it up as we go and we were very contrarian also. Cause you know, the minute you tell somebody that was an old time OG CrossFitter that we were, you were running contracts, they were like, ah, you know, you're the antichrist, you know? And, <laughs> and, um, um, we got, uh, yeah, we, we just got a lot of shit for it and, you know, people stopped listening and, you know, so we be, we became kind of the black sheet of the OG CrossFit, CrossFit boxes. You know, interesting, but it worked. Shit worked, but it shit worked. Yeah, yeah. shit worked. Now it's, it's different now. It is yeah. different now. Um, the, the system that we built, I think, is not as effective now for do because we had an unlimited supply of new people. Once, once, once the PR machine started going, and once people discovered what CrossFit was, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't handle the number of people that were calling every month. We we had to lose people because we were at three hundred. We were growing. We had three hundred fifty. We only had a box. Let's see, before we moved, um, we moved in 2009, we, our box was only, uh, about 1200 square feet. 
it was crazy. And we had 210 what? clients, 220 clients. Oh to, my goodness. I think it was 1200. We had a little outdoor patio, so we made use of that, but that was only a couple hundred square feet. Wow. So maybe we had 1400 square feet. It was tiny. That's incredible. So these business systems were really important. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, yeah, I think back to it now it's, it was really remarkable of what we were able to do with the limited amount of resources we had. Yeah. Oh man, um, that is crazy though. That's just insane. I, I just yeah, right. Just I mean, looking back crazy. at that, and then like looking where it is today, and just I mean, even the industry as a whole and how it's changed and just developed yeah. and grown. It's just oh man. It's just I love hearing stories like this. I mean, they're all you know found CrossFit crushed me, and then this happened. Yeah. But it's just so cool to see it evolve through you. Well, the, you so. know, what's funny is the workout crushed me, but then the business crushed me. Yeah. I mean, I was literally, it was, I was really going, going out of business and, mm. and, um, thankfully then, that didn't happen. Yeah. But then it was fine and you guys grew yeah. and things were going grew well. a lot, grew, grew a lot. lot. And then, it, lot. And then the, t- then, you know, then the, then the issues became different. I had to learn how to be a better leader and a better manager of, of civilians, not of, I could do Marines. Um, um, it's very different. And I had to learn how to manage, you know, then the, the growth, you know, we, we grew, we grew to 350 members and we, we still didn't have a big box. We were 4,000 square feet at that point. It's the same location that CrossFit LA is in now. Okay. It's 3000 square feet of training space and then a thousand square feet of locker rooms and, um, showers and offices. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, a, 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 I think the sweet spot, if I wasn't trying to build a business and make a living around doing CrossFit, I've got a sense that the sweet spot in terms of community is probably somewhere under a hundred people. Like it just rocks and it's like a clubhouse and it's fun. And it, even if, even if the space isn't perfect or the neighbor, you're dealing with tough neighbors or you know everyone. You know everyone, but it's like Cheers. It's just fucking awesome. And I remember those days with such warmth, you know, and the people that were there in those days and the fun that we used to have. Um, and a lot of that was just because we had a limited number of people. And the people that found their way to it were motivated, were, you know, it's different today because CrossFit is more well-known and you're getting people that are mainstream exercisers coming in to do CrossFit. Um, so, you know, to me, that would be the, the ultimate is to not need to make a living from it. You, I, I always, I always thought it would be really cool to have a gym where you, you just, you gave everybody a key. You had a flat fee of say a thousand bucks to be a member a month. Everybody paid a thousand bucks a month. Maybe it's five hundred. I don't know. You get double the members, and everybody pays five hundred bucks a month. And here it is. Use it whenever you want. You know, like take care of it. You're a you're a part owner. It's like a co-op model. You know. Um, that would be a really cool thing. Now, yeah. I, I don't know if it would work because I don't know. No co- like you should we, try it. Go ahead. You Amy. might not need. <laughs> yeah, you might not. You you might need coaches. You know, like not everybody is going to be able to just do stuff like I can. So, cause you're awesome. It's fine. Yeah. You're a superhero. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I've got 25 that. years of training, mm-hmm. you know, like it's funny cause now that I've not been doing CrossFit for a while, I'm exploring like a lot of gymnastic stuff and a lot of body weight stuff. And you know, I can look at a video of somebody doing something and I can 
replicate it within seconds most of the time just because I've been doing this for a long time. You know, I know how the body works and I know how to move. One of the reasons people need me or people like me or trainers is because they don't. <laughs> it's like, why do people need a bookkeeper? QuickBooks is easy, relatively. I mean, it's a, you know, or Quicken is e- relatively easy, but boy, or, or, why do you need a graphic designer? You know, you got all these programs that do graphic design for you. Look at all the cool fonts you can use in Microsoft Word and you can make your own flyers and, but there's a huge difference, yeah. you know? So, um, so, oh, so, okay. So we, we, John and I were then teaching this system, this biz system mm-hmm. that we had created to other gyms. And, um, I told you before that John is pretty polarizing. Well, I became polar. I became polar the opposite way. <laughs> Like, I can't do this anymore. I can't work with you. Like I, you're, I value everything you've done for me and the, the contributions to my life and the contributions to my business, but I, but I can't be your partner. And, um, so I sold that business to him, the, the, the consulting practice, the oh, biz okay. called the biggs Razor game. And, uh, that I think that was in 2010, 20, 2009, 2010, some, somewhere in there. And we had just moved into the new location and we also, I had gone to the CrossFit Games in 2009, so I was attracting some fire breathers into the program, and we qualified a team to go to the CrossFit Games. And so it, it was a re- those were really good years. That was actually Kenny's entry into the program was he became the coach of the the team that went to the games. Mm-hmm. From the so from the from the energy energetic side, th- that was probably the the high, the high point of the community. We had probably 350 members. We had these teams going to the CrossFit games. We, we were having fun and, and everything that we were doing. I remember him saying it was like electric and you guys were like captured yeah. lightning in a bottle. I think were Kenny's yep. words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. We had a great team of trainers and coaches and, um, you know, it, it's a very special, it was a very special time. And, I've always heard that times like that don't, they don't, you know, just savor them while you have them because they don't last. And, you know, while you're in it, you don't think it's not going to last. You you think this is always going to be on this high. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We're always going to be here. And sure enough, we weren't. And um, it it wasn't like things went to shit. It just, um, they just changed. Hmm. And, um, Logan, Logan and Danny, who were two of my, Coaches Logan Gelbrick and um, Danny um, Leslie decided they wanted to open up their own place, and you know that very often causes massive rifts in communities. And we were able to work it out where it didn't. Um, Logan awesome. and I are still really good friends. Uh, Danny a, and I are still I really good friends. I see a trend here at CrossFit LA because you and Kenny I mean, we're are like family. Good. We're like yeah. we're like I family. I mean, it's, you don't we, hear that we very much. No, I know we we didn't ever have any major falling outs even though the even though they take they take their tolls on the community i mean they they just they just they have an effect on the community you don't have to have anger and upset and people stealing clients from each other to for it not to have an impact and i think the impact was much broader than just danny and logan um going out on their own it was the all across it was changing because boxes were popping up all over the freaking place. They, the games show up on ESPN and suddenly everybody in the world knows what CrossFit is. And, you know, it used to be that 
to when you drove from Beverly Hills to Santa Monica, which is about four miles or three miles, there was. Was that me? What was that? That uh, that was my, oh, my boss. Got um, it. It's supposed to sh- it's supposed to snow tomorrow, and oh, he was it. just like, "There's not going to be snow. We can all come into the office because no one here yeah. can drive in snow." So on my end, it sounded like the Peanuts teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. I I could totally see that. Yeah, that's that is funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him you said that. Let's go. <laughs> you want to know what somebody told me today? What you sound like? <laughs> We're not publishing that podcast. I just buried myself. <laughs> it's fine. No, nah, it's fine. Maybe he'll listen to it. Maybe I'll just I'll just slip in and be like, "Hey, you should listen to my podcast. You're mentioning it." Sorry, <laughs> don't. Yeah, leave this like, part. Hey, in. you know, you run the company, but here you go. No, he's great. Love you, Sean. Great job. <laughs> I love you too, Sean. Yeah. Oh, Andy I don't know you, you Mr. Peanuts teacher. <laughs> that was so great yeah no so anyways off our tangent so crossfit was changing you know crossfit was um was was uh i was saying that it was three miles from beverly hills to santa monica and there was nobody else shit there was nobody else when i first opened from long beach to santa monica there was we had people commuting from long beach we had people commuting from from diamond bar like 45 minutes one way to get to the gym because there was no other place to do it and suddenly you had like five options between Beverly Hills and Santa Monica and somebody would call and they would live somewhere between there. And I felt obligated to tell them, Hey, did you know there's another, you know, like, Hey, we're great. And we've been doing this a long time and we have really they're good reasons to come here, but we just want to make sure, you know, there's another CrossFit closer to you. Cause when we didn't do that, uh, people would get pissed if they joined and made a commitment and signed a contract and then found out, hey, there's a box like a block from my house. Oops. So we learned quickly to tell people, They're to like, let, do let your them own know. research. That's what they should right. have done. But that was nice of you guys to talk to them and tell them. And then, um, you know, I think that those years became, it's it's not like, and it's not like when I say that it, it didn't last, it's like I said, it didn't, like our clients didn't drop from 350 to you know, we didn't lose all half the clients, but it, it did became, it became harder. It became harder to be a, um, to be in a, in a, in a world of the competition of different CrossFit gyms. You, it suddenly became important to hold on to members, you know, and we didn't have a system that was built around that. It, it kind of was built around it, but it, it certainly wasn't built on developing relationships up front. And, uh, and we found that a lot of the people that were that would leave the program were ones that did an intro, jumped into class, um, didn't talk to anybody, didn't didn't become part of the community easily, um, and they they didn't feel any they didn't feel any connection to anybody. They didn't you know and and um, so we were we had to, we had to go through some changes. Now the, the part I'm leaving out is is uh, the part where Kenny. And I started talking about him taking over. He was already my head coach at the time, and um, he was he was ending, he was he was toying with ending his stand-up comedy career. And um, you know that was tumultuous. It was a tumultuous time for him, and um, trying to figure that out and navigate those waters, and then me trying to separate emotionally from from the idea that I was the, that I was going to 
you know, be the, be the guy for CrossFit LA. Mm. Um, it just took probably three years of getting used to the, uh, probably a year of getting used to the idea. And then like a year and a half of putting the deal together that, that finally enabled Kenny to buy the gym. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and we, we, you know, we made some changes right before I left. Um, we moved, started, started working with, with, um, um, Patty, um, Craig Patterson up at CrossFit Vancouver, although he's called Mad Lab School of Fitness now, not CrossFit Vancouver. Um, and using his program cause he had a very, I thought his, his method of paying his coaches and his method of bringing in new clients was really, really powerful, really good. And it was based on building relationships with people and becoming a great trainer, becoming a great one-on-one trainer, not becoming a group class instructor. Mm. And, um, I felt like that was really important and it's mm. really set Kenny up to build a successful program, kind of a new, a new style, successful program that he's got running now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and he had mentioned Mad Labs to me and said that he used them, but, but so that's, that's what Kenny, that's what Kenny's doing. And you know, yeah. he's, yeah. he's rocking and rolling over at CrossFit LA, but Andy, we need yeah. to talk about the whole life challenge. The whole life challenge. Yeah. That, well, that is was your the other current baby. child. Yeah. That is your baby yeah. right now that you are nurturing yep. and caring for. Just kind of curious about how that came about, you know, and you know what it is and mm-hmm why it's important, I suppose. Well, you know, I, I think I, I mentioned this before, um, when I first started talking about it, you know, the mother load for me as a trainer was, is to, is to affect someone so that they start taking action on their own in their life and, um, gaining leverage over people is always one of the hardest things to do and not, not leverage in a bad way, not, you know, like leverage so that they will actually do what they want to do and their consequences for them not. And the consequences don't have to be harsh. They don't have to like hang from the gallows, you know, but, um, as a personal trainer, you have a much more ability to do that. Like I used to, there were some of my clients that I used to have write checks to me in advance of a thousand dollars. They'd write me $4,000 checks that I would file away and we would set up an accountability. Like if they didn't do this, I'm cashing the check. And, and, you know, in order for that to work, the check has to be big enough that they pay attention and I have to be willing to actually cash it. I can you know, and, and the rules have to be very, very clear because you know, if there's any wiggle room, they're, they're going to try to wiggle out of it yeah. or I'm going to get it wrong. And that's yeah. not the intent. Wow. The idea is not for me to cash a check. The idea is for me to get some leverage over people. Yeah. Um, and so the challenge was really, we had been doing fitness challenges that, that are, you know, we, we do a workout, and then repeat the workout eight weeks later to see how much of an improvement a person can make. And we used to have these massive events at CrossFit LA. 200 people would show up and we'd do the Helen challenge. And the Helen, would you'd do the Helen, you do Helen, and then everybody would go back. And the, the, the idea was not that you would train necessarily for Helen. You would just do CrossFit. And then eight weeks later, you'd come back and do it again and see how much of an improvement you made. And the winner was always the, the most improved. So challenges were nothing new, but we wanted to incorporate elements that were more connected to health and well-being, not just how strong, how many pull-ups can you do, how many, how fast can you be? But I mean, not that those are not related to health and well-being because they are, but it leaves out recovery. It leaves out stretching. It leaves out how you're eating and nutrition. It leaves out sleep. Um, it leaves out 
things like consciousness, meditation, um, balance, uh, gratitude, you know, things that are more, they're harder to define. They're harder to measure. They're a little more like emotional or, but they're part of health, stress, stress, you know, how do you, how do you manage stress? It's kind of like an all around, all encompassing sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were, we were like, God, what if we were able, what if we could, we, we tried something. So Michael was really the lead on this. Michael Stanwick is, was my head coach and he's my co-founder of cross of the whole life challenge. He created something called food university, which was an, uh, I think it was a 12 week course or maybe it was an eight week course. And it was, it was education and information for clients. And we, you know, they had to get blood work done. Oh. Um, it was, it was a really great program, but nobody showed up. We had 12 people do it. Three people finished. Um, we had a clientele of 300 members. We're like, this doesn't make a difference. This doesn't, wow. this doesn't help it's enough they had people to, get to make a drawn. dent. No one wants to get uh, blood right. drawn. <laughs> right, right, And it was expensive. We were charging 4.95 for it. And mm. it was, you know, because it was a lot of time. It was a lot of time on his part. He was doing some private coaching with the, with the people that, that were in it. And um, we thought, how can we, and plus it didn't require action. It didn't require anybody. I mean, the intention was action, but it didn't require action. And we're like, how can we create something that takes all these concepts and get gets people to apply it in their life? And that's when we started spitballing these ideas around points and scoring yourself for daily actions. And we came up with this rudimentary uh, format it's changed a little bit over the years, but it's very similar, you know, exercise and stretching and, uh, sleep and hydration and reflection. So each day you're writing a little bit about your progress and, and then these, these unmeasurable ones like mindfulness and gratitude and decluttering. And we, we sprinkled those in, like we made those change each week during the challenge. And man, that first challenge that we ran, we, we, we had a couple software engineers that were clients and they insisted to, they, they insisted, they were like, look, don't do this on a Google spreadsheet. You're, in, you're, way, you're inviting disaster. You, when you open that up to 100 people to edit their spreadsheet, it's just, let us build something for you. And they did. Wow. And um, it, it completely changed the complexion of the community because suddenly people were leaning on each other for support rather than just coming to the coaches. They weren't waiting for us to do it for them. They were taking responsibility in their own life. They were talking to each other outside the gym. You know, it's one thing to be connected to people that you go to class with in the gym. It's quite another to leave the gym and, and maintain those, those, uh, those social connections. And we had built a part of the challenge that is a, um, it's kind of like a, a Facebook feed, but it's just for the challenge. It's, we call it the reflection feed, and it's where everybody's reflection gets posted, mm-hmm. and you can comment on it and talk about it. And oh, okay, yeah. And um, the the stories that came out of that, the the, the success stories, the um, you know, we had everybody do a workout at the beginning and a workout at the end, and see how much they improved. We also had them do body measurements at the beginning and at the end. Um, people's then so then that was a huge success and then we decided let's do it again next year and we 
went back to our developers and said, how, how can you do this and allow us to have them invite their friends and family? And we had the friends and family. And then the stories were that much more powerful because these were the most important people to their clients, to our clients' mm -hmm. lives. Mm -hmm. And suddenly they were getting these results. Um, it was just one of those ideas that was too good to not share. Like we were like, this is, this is, you know, the format that we've came, come accidentally come up with and the, the point system. No, we've, we've, we've definitely stumbled along the way there. We didn't realize we were really getting into the software development business when we, when we started this and we didn't ever really consider mobile. I, I think back in 2011, there really wasn't mobile. Like it was, you were online on a computer. Um, we didn't realize the costs associated with having full-time developers building your own software. I don't know if we'd ever, if we knew what we know now, I don't know that we'd actually, I might've, I might've just given up before I started. <laughs> Cause, Cause I mean, knowing how much time and money it takes to do this, it's a huge undertaking. Um, I think that's true we, of anything. If you knew exactly what it entailed, would you really have done it? Probably not. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh <laughs> Um, but we've been completely self-funded, you know, the, the, the membership, the, the payments for the challenge have always taken care of the development costs. So though we, it's only somewhat recently that we've both been able to pay ourselves and bring on staff and, and pay the staff. Um, we've never had to go into debt for it. Um, wow. it's been, it's been a, pretty cool adventure it's you know the other interesting thing about that is, is as a software company most companies most software companies are in debt from the moment they start you know they they don't have any money they don't have any funding they have this great idea they go to investors or venture capitalists and they pitch the idea and somebody bites on and says okay i'll give you five million dollars to do this and they're in the they're in the hole from the start we didn't really realize we have a a system that that basically pays for itself you know, as long as we're delivering a quality product, and that's where we—that's where we've stumbled. We haven't stumbled in a long time, but but back in those early years, we had some pretty major um, issues, and it's a, kind of a miracle we're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, that is the story of your life. I swear. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I went all in, and is. then I—I don't know how I'm, I'm all still in. here. I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm all in. Let's go. No, I love it. I really do, and. And I just think the the aspect of, you know, those various habits and, and, the, and the whole wellness outlook that you guys have is fascinating. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, because you hear so many uh, affiliates do like nutrition challenges and typically they're food focused and, and, and diet, paleo zone, whatever it may be. I'm just kind of curious your mentality behind that wellness and what you could speak to in terms of why that's important versus yeah. just the, the eating and what's on the plate. It's a really good question. You know, I think I've done a lot of internal um, work with life coaches and I went through a program. I worked with a coach starting in 1996 and um, um, didn't really know. I didn't really know what I was doing. Like I didn't really realize she was a coach. She wasn't, she didn't call herself a life coach. She was kind of a teacher and um, I, um, and that led me to go through a program called the University of Santa at the University of Santa Monica called it's a spiritual psychology master's degree in spiritual psychology, and I get I think through that journey of 
starting to understand myself and know myself and know how I operate inside the, the, the elements that I found useful for my whole life were much bigger than just what I was eating and how I was working out. And, um, you know, when you think about really making a difference in someone's life, which, which is really what we're all after, right? As coaches, we're really trying to make a difference in people's lives while, while their health and well-being is, um, their, of their body and their lifestyle and there is, is, you know, obviously it's really important helping them to become more accepting of themselves and more accepting of others. It sounds a little weird. I mean, even talking about it because it's so, it's so, it's like, Oh, that's, that's that California dude talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> self love, you know, that's like the end of, did you see, um, did you see, uh, um, not the West wing, um, What's the show about the advertising execs that with Don Draper? Oh gosh, um, I don't know. I don't think I've seen. Oh that. yeah, you, yeah, Mad Men, Mad Men. Mad no, Men. I've never watched Mad Men. Mm-mm. Oh god, really? Yep. I thought Sorry. Everybody watched Mad Men. Well, the end of the show ends up with him. You know, he's this East Coast guy. It takes place in the '60s. He's in this high power advertising world, and he ends up going to the Esselian Institute, which is the most granola crunching, airy fairy, heart centered, spiritual place on earth, and. The way the, the episode, the, the, the series ends, hold, this is a spoiler. If you're watching Mad Men, don't listen to what I'm about turn to say. Turn it off. Turn off the podcast right now. Turn it off. <laughs> um, he, he, he ends up going through this thing. You see him meditating, which is very bizarre for this guy's character. And um, the, 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 the show ends with the ad. Remember the old ad for, uh, um, it was for Coke, right? It's for, I'd like to teach the world to sing. Mm-hmm. I'd like to teach the world to sing yeah. in perfect harmony. Yeah. That's the ad supposedly he came up with after meditating at Esselian and being, you know, this now this loving guy who used to be a womanizer and a drinker and a, anyway, I don't know how I got Whoa. on that topic. But... No, it's great. Now I don't have to watch the show. You just recapped it for me and now it's, I know the ending. Cool, it's so a good show. It's a, it's a really like good show. I like that ending. I have no nothing about the show great ending well done yeah, so yeah good job madman so um <laughs> uh but you know I, I i feel like kind of that's what we're all after like meaning what's the meaning of our life why are we here and um while i can't really create a challenge around okay right every day your meaning like why are you, you like that would not work nobody would do it Probably um not, yeah. But, but there are methods and I think there are tools that, that like the chat, the whole life challenge allows people access to start to get to know themselves and whether it's in acceptance or it's in reflection or it's in, I think a lot of the, the, the things that the, the benefits of participating in the challenge are so outside of the normal realm of, of health and fitness that, um, it's not obvious. It's not like somebody's going to look at our website and go, "Oh, yeah, that's obviously going to lead to your why you are why you are who you are in your life." No, we, it's it's about your health and well being, but it's it's deeper than that. And and we 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 encourage people to try on things in their life that will hopefully allow them to discover 
areas that might be of interest to them, you know, and take it and take those areas deeper and um, learn how to be more, you know, know, compassionate, loving, understanding, empathetic with themselves and, and with others. And I, and I think that is as much about health and well-being as what you eat. It may be more, maybe it's more. I don't know. They're, they're very, they're, how do you separate those two things? Mm. Knowing what I know, I don't think you can. I think some people try to, you know, some people wonder why they're not losing weight and they're eating everything perfectly and they don't snack and they don't, and they hate themselves. They look in the mirror and they're like, they're in self-judgment and their body's protecting themselves from the, 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 the shame or the guilt or the pain, you know, and mm-hmm. I think I think you know there's a show the the biggest loser I think Jillian Michaels was really a big part of why a lot of those people were able to lose the weight they did and keep it off because she at least what they showed on the TV I don't I don't know you know I don't have a behind the scenes look but but I have interviewed like on my podcast we had Jay Jacobs this last week and he was a finalist in the in the Biggest Loser and she forced the people that she worked with to look at emotional things. Why do they eat? What's Mm -hmm. under the eat? What's under the, where's the pain coming from? And what, what are you trying to hide? What are you running from? Um, and you know, until you're willing to kind of address those things, it's, it's hard to make big changes Mm -hmm. or it's hard to make the changes stick. Yeah. You'll make, you'll get the changes to happen, but it's hard Mm -hmm. to get them to stick. Mm Um, so that, you know, we didn't, we didn't sit down to try to make some big life changing challenge. It's, it's a health and well being challenge, but it's different than a nutrition and fitness challenge. And it's very, um, it's very broad. You know, it allows an 80 something grandmother to participate with a 20 something grandson because you get to define what is exercise for you. You get to, you, my, my mom does it. She's 83 years old. And she gets to define exercise. Well, for her, if she gets a walk in that's 15 minutes, that's exercise. It's great. I'm not going to count that for my exercise. You know, if I walk around the block now, if it's a recovery day, maybe I will. But, um, generally that's not a workout for me. No, they probably go run for three hours with a tire on your back. I don't know. Not anymore. No, not anymore. <laughs> uh, I run for a mile and I'm good. <laughs> that's, um, that's great to hear. I'm so glad that you left that behind. <laughs> I was, I'm just still mind blown about that. So, so, you know, the, the intention around the challenge was to create something that was much more broad and much more inclusive. So like if you're a box owner and you're doing the challenge, you're not limited to just your members. Your members could invite one person from their lo- their walk of life, anyone that they wanted to, that has, that, that doesn't want anything to do with CrossFit. They don't want to walk in the gym. They're scared of it. They, they it's too intense. It's, they like the thing that they're doing better and so what? You can still do the challenge with me. You can still be in this game. Um, and you know, we built a we built a business structure around that to encourage uh, businesses. It was important to me to have a way that ever, there were everybody wins. So the client wins from doing the challenge. The, we win because they sign up for our challenge. But the business, the the the, 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 gym, the box owner wins because they earn back a revenue share of the of the revenue that they bring into the challenge. So you know. Um, you get, you get a hundred people on your team, you earn back 50% of the revenue that you, you're responsible for bringing in. It's not as much as you would make if you made it, did it on your own, but man, so much of the work, I mean, shit, 
all the work's done for you, except for the enrollment part. And it's a, it's a, it's a challenge that's open to anybody in the world that you can have. You can, we had a team once that was, they had 80 members of their box and they had 300 members on their team. And they got paid on the 300 people on their team because they just, what? all their members went out and invited wow. people to that's participate. Um, and uh, it is, it's much broader you know, the context is so much broader than a nutrition challenge in your gym. So, um, without being airy fairy and without being, you know, feeling like this is some California thing. Weird, weird <laughs> stuff weird. is going on over there. I don't know what yeah. this is. Whole life, yeah. whatever. <laughs> no, no, that's, I mean, I just think that's awesome. And I think it's cool that it it's developed from your own experience. Like you said, when you took that course and just kind of went through the process yourself and, and that's where you realized it's more, it, it's so much more. Yeah. So, and I just think that's so neat to see the personal, personal development come through. And, and, and yeah, I mean, Michael today. and I have done every challenge. We, we keep, we keep toying with the idea of not doing one. Um, I keep learning things every challenge I do. Um, how many do how many challenges do you guys do a year? Three. We do three a year. Three? Yeah, and we've kept it as an event. Um, you know, like a lot of people have said, well, why don't you just offer this anytime and let people just start anytime they want to? To us, it's it's really special that everyone in the entire world starts at the same time. Mm. It's kind of like a global start line to a race, and everybody's on day one at the, at the, at the same time. Everybody's on day thirty seven at the same time. And, um, it, it, it certainly makes challenges in the business aspect because we, we limit our, we live, we limit our cash flow basically to three times a year, you know? And so, so from a business standpoint, it's, it's, it's definitely pitfall. It's full of pitfalls, pit holes, pitfalls, it's full of potholes. I don't know, something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm supposedly no words, but. I'm not really sure what works there. So we're going to just move on anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, so it's, um, uh, it's been really amazing to watch it grow. And, you know, up until literally about a year and a half ago, it was growing just organically. We didn't really do much to other than encourage people to share it with their friends. We would send out emails to our people, but there was no real marketing efforts. And it's just been in the past year we brought, um, I don't know if you've ever talked to John Gilson um, from he's he was a founder of Again Faster. I know the name. I don't. I don't know if I've ever talked to him though. John is our chief marketing officer now. Oh, okay. And um, so we, he and I are old CrossFit friends. And um, I think all he, your CrossFit friends are old because are old. <laughs> Tell John you said that. <laughs> well, no, because like, you. Damn you, Andy! Now I'm an old man. <laughs> no, just because you've been in the industry so long. Right. Right. That right. that's what I'm not talking about age. Yeah. No. Right. Right. Not age, not age. Yeah. Totally. No, like, what, yeah, oh really gosh, I just I... called somebody old on a recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're definitely going to take away from me now. If it wasn't about the Sean thing earlier, it's about now. I so mean, I mean, I am old. I'm fifty. I just turned fifty. For God's sake. So, no, you did. Um, I did. I just turned fifty. You know, like a day over forty. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. I thought you were going to say 30. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, because even like now I know you're lying. So you have to, you have to find like a, a fine line, okay? I keep I keep um, doing things that people that shock people. Like, I, I don't do it to shock people, but I do it because I want to keep learning and growing. I'm, I'm just learned the unicycle. I, I, I'm, I'm Facebook friends or Instagram friends with Ronnie Teasdale. And uh, he kept posting about his unicycling. And I'm like, I sent him an Instagram private message. I'm like, hey, Ronnie, how, 
how would one start unicycling? Like, like, and I wasn't <laughs> expecting a real answer, like instant. And he emails me, he texts me back almost instantly. Dude, you want to come over to Mean Streets and pick one up? I got three sitting behind the desk. Oh I'll let gosh. you borrow one. I'm like, what? And the next day I was unicycling. And I mean, I'm almost killing myself, not unicycling. Um, but I can, I can do it now. So I can do it for about, my longest ride is about 30 seconds. So um, I wouldn't say I'm a unicyclist. I'm, just, I'm picturing you juggling rocks while playing the trumpet on the unicycle right now. Yeah, why does everybody do that? It, it, literally everybody's like, so what's next? You're going to juggle on a unicycle? <laughs> I'm like, isn't the unicycle enough? Isn't that enough? No, because you always want to learn something new. So once you master a unicycle, you're going to be like, what's next? Like, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to go down the mountain on a unicycle. I want to go mountain mountain unicycling. Oh, man, that is so cool to watch the videos of people doing that. And they're, like, jumping from log to log, and you're just like. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what's next. No juggling, no trumpet playing, no Santa Claus with flames shooting out the bag. My mom sent me a video of Santa Claus unicycling with flames shooting out of his bagpipe. I'm like, stop it! I think you, that, silly. I think it's a whole other business you could look into. You know, <laughs> I feel like that should be a, a unicycle Create a challenge. Union. Yeah, great. yeah, union or something. That sounds great. But well, Andy, we do, we do do. One of our lifestyle practices is to practice a skill. Okay. Like you get to All decide right. what skill so it is. Could be guitar part playing. Of a challenge. Okay. So I see. Yeah, I could just do unicycling. Yeah, but once you master that, you're gonna have to do something else. So. No, we don't make any distinction. We don't make any distinction behind the, your level of practicing a skill. So you, if you were, let's say you're an elite singer and you want to practice your skill of singing, you can totally do that. You know, so I, I could keep unicycling for, you know. Okay, well, we all know you're going to do something else crazy because I've come to believe in this hour that that is who you are. <laughs> so it's, just, it's kind of been established for me over here. Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, I guess when I think back of the stories I've told, yeah, I guess um, you might think that. Again, so. recap. Trumpet playing, geologist, marine, superhero. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Unicyclist. We're going to add that one to the list. I'm just saying, man. Like, yeah. crazy three-hour races. It's insane. So yeah. I don't even know. But... Well, Andy, feeling like we should maybe wrap this up because people are probably cool. get sick of us talking. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, I can and chat for a while. Your stories are pretty great, that. but my jokes are bad, and hopefully the <laughs> podcast still comes out after this one. So, um, I got my fingers crossed. I know. Here we go. Uh, is there any else though? Any last words, requests, call to action? You know, I, I would say because I'm just thinking about the people that are listening to this and they're, they're probably box owners, I would imagine. Yeah, it's um, a lot of audience. them. Yeah, maybe my mom. Yeah. My mom might be listening. Oh, cool. Hey, mom. Hey, hey mom. What's up? Maybe not. This advice <laughs> This advice is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She She gets our magazine. She's like, yeah, I just kind of flip through because none of it's really applicable. I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. It's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I would say the biggest thing, the biggest piece of advice, and, you know, take this for what it's worth. It's free. So, you know, if you it's it may not be valuable at all to you but um you know like know what it takes to run your business know what know what you need every month in order to pay in order to turn the lights on and pay all the bills know that number what's the that's your nut right what's your nut when do you start making money Do you start making money on the 10th day of the month because you because all the nuts been taken care of by the 10th or do you have to work until the 20th to to pay for all that stuff. And then the profit comes beyond that. And then know what it takes, how much you need, how many members you need to do that. 
you know, like, and, and, and like you kind of, kind of work backwards. If you just take the model of it's 150 bucks a month and anybody can come whenever they want to, then you just kind of leaving the chance that you get enough clients and, um, that your business works and, and it may not, you may not like what you see. If your box like me was only, is only 2000 square feet. You have a limited number of people you can squeeze into that box and, and you're not going to get huge classes at two o'clock in the afternoon. I guarantee you. So if you, if, if you know that you're only going to have say five classes a day that are going to be really full and you can only put say 15 people in those classes before they're full, well, you have a very finite resource that, and you need to calculate then how much you need to get per person, per time they go to the gym in order to, to make the business run the way you want it to run. You can create a system that serves all the people of the world, but if you're miserable like I was, and if you're the highest paid slave and, you know, not making ends meet, it doesn't matter how many people you're serving. You're, you're sucking the life out of yourself. So knowing those numbers, it, 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 there isn't a more important thing you could do as a business owner. And sometimes it's hard to hear that. Sometimes it's hard to convince a, a business owner of that until they become desperate like I did. Um, but, uh, you know, if you, if you can get over that and listen and do that, it would be really, it would behoove anybody listening to, to know that. And a lot of the, a lot of the business owners already do that, but there are a lot out there now that there are 15,000, I don't know how many thousand box owners there are now, but a lot, a lot of people don't. And, um, a lot of people fail, you know, and that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, affiliates, that, those are words of advice from Andy. That's, that's, it right there. And I would, and, and, you know, the other guys that are that. running, running their cert programs that they're running their uh, box, you know, um, their box programs that are, they're telling, they're, they're giving the same advice. They're telling you the same yeah. things. I mean, there's, this is not secret. This is not magic information. Mm-hmm. You know, you, if you have an MBA, guess what? Know your numbers. If you, if you talk to a person that's run gyms, guess what? Know your numbers. I mean, it's, there's no, this is, this is not a, something that, any successful box owner in the world is going to tell you anything differently mm-hmm. because it's just what works. Yeah. But sometimes you have to hear it about 10 times in order for it to sink in. You, so absolutely. I think that's absolutely. great. You brought it up again and said it. And hopefully this, this one time somebody will hear it and affiliate will hear it and you'll be like light bulb. Now I know what yeah, I'm going to do. Cool. So that's that'd awesome. Be cool. Yeah. Well, Andy, oh, and, hey. and, if, and if anybody wants to, you know, sign up for the challenge, or check out the challenge. I don't know if this will go up before probably, probably the next challenge we're doing is in May. So the, okay. this challenge starts on January 21st. Um, uh, if you're a box owner and you're hearing this podcast on, say, the 20th, it's probably too late to get it really mm. any people mm-hmm. sign up for the challenge. So, um, uh, but if you want to check it out yourself, you know, you can. But, um, um, the but next just in time to start, yeah, just in time to start getting yeah. people amped up and ready for, for May. It's actually, like. it's actually, you're, you're 100% right. You need about three months to, to really plan it well and to get your head around what it is and, and then start planning your email messages and the way you're going to build your team and the way you're going to coach your people. So the next one starts May, I think it's the 15th or the 18th, it's some, some date in the middle of May. Um, and then we do a third one in the year. It starts in September. So, um, you know, people can start experimenting with, but if you do the May one, the opens out of the way as well. So, um, yeah. um oh. some, sometimes there's a conflict in the January challenge with people that want to do the open. Yeah. So, um, like, oh no. 
I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> but if you if you register as a as a as an official team in the challenge, which means you're a revenue share partner, you it costs 99 bucks. Um, you for the 99 bucks, you get three free entries to the challenge. So it actually, if you look at it that way, it doesn't really cost anything. Um, and you, you just just make sure that that's what you sign up to do. If you if you sign up and just create anybody can create a team, but not everybody can create an official team. So just you want to make sure you go in when you click sign up. It says for gyms and trainers and fitness gyms. Make sure you click that link. Okay, so um, a certain tab, certain tab to hit. Yeah, it's it's where it's the button that says sign up. It's a drop down, okay. and you have to choose who you are. If you're a player or if you're a corporation or a business owner, you know that's okay. how to, that's how to do it. Cool. Um, but yeah, and if you have any questions for me, you can find me. It's very basic. Andy Petronic is on Instagram. Andy Petronic on Facebook, and my email is Andy at WholeLifeChallenge.com. Yeah. So um, sweet. Very accessible. Yeah, and we'll, we'll affiliates. We'll put some links on our uh, website for you guys. You can click on those and find Andy super easily. Um, but yeah, just encourage you to kind of look at this time of year and really listen to what Andy said just about wellness and the health and and fitness and nutrition and all that combined into one super ball of awesomeness. So, but yeah, Andy, thank you so much for just taking the time today, talking with me, laughing with me, sharing your awesome, crazy stories. It's been, it's been a true joy. So I appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for being on the show today. Cool. You're welcome. It's good to be here.